0: Welcome to the Exam Study Expert Podcast, helping you hit the grades of your dreams at school, college, and university, to the science of fast learning and lasting memory, the psychology of study productivity, and the secrets to great exam technique. And now your host, the Cambridge University-trained psychologist who's dedicated his life to helping students study better and outsmart their exams, William Wadsworth. Hello and welcome back to the Exam Study Expert podcast, the home of the tips, strategies and motivation you need to succeed at high school, college and university. Before I dive in, I just wanted to give a big shout out to Ralph Warman here in the UK and Dylan Naidu down in South Africa for their very kind recent reviews of the show. Your ratings and reviews really do mean a lot to us here on the podcast and help inspire us here at Exam Study Expert HQ to keep making great episodes for you. But wherever you're tuning in from, Dublin, Ireland, Lakeland, Florida, Brisbane, Queensland, you're most welcome and I hope I can be of some assistance in getting you the grades you're hoping for this year. Today, I've got three great strategies for you for getting your work done faster and completing it to a high standard. In other words, how to become a more productive student. So whether you're working through assignments, trying to get essays or dissertations written, or simply get down to some learning for upcoming tests, I hope these tips are gonna help you accomplish your goals faster. Strategy number one is called time boxing. Time boxing is the art of setting bounds for how long you want to spend on each task. And by restricting the time you're allowed on each task, it motivates you to work with higher intensity because you've got that sense of working towards a ticking clock that's, that's counting down. So let me give you an example. Say you expect to need to spend about 45 minutes on a chemistry problem sheet, a couple of hours on a history essay, and a couple of hours on a philosophy essay. Um, because you've got classes in the morning, your working day starts at 3pm in the afternoon. So your time boxing might look something like the following. Chemistry problem sheet, 3pm to 3.45pm. Short break, 3.45 to 4 o'clock. History essay, 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock. An hour for dinner, 6 till 7. And then finally, two hours on your philosophy essay, 7pm to 9pm. The benefit of doing this is that by committing in advance, how long you want to spend on each task, based on how long you think it's going to be, you increase your motivation to simply get on and do the task, avoid procrastination and avoid spending time on lower value parts of the task. Think about what might happen if you don't have such a plan. If you sit down at 3pm with your chemistry problem sheet, maybe you then spend 10 minutes getting your stationery together, you go off and get a bit distracted and Check your phone for another ten minutes. Um, then you decide you need to uh, put your laundry away or something. Uh, you come and that takes another ten minutes. Finally, you come back at three thirty and you haven't got started yet, or you get distracted with a lower value part of your chemistry homework. Uh, maybe you feel you need to, you know, organise your notes for for the past week. Nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with organising your notes or doing your laundry, but if you've got a history essay and a philosophy essay to get done that same day, if you spend all that time procrastinating before you get down to work on the core task in hand of solving that chemistry problem sheet, you might end up not starting your philosophy essay until way late into the night, burning the midnight oil and producing a really poor quality of work and being tired the next day to boot. So, by time boxing, by planning in advance when you want to, how long you want to spend on each task, and when you want to do it, you're much more able to stick to your plan and get through your work faster. To take this a step further, you could even plan in sub-components of certain tasks. So, for example, for the history essay, maybe you know you've got a tendency to spend too long reading or planning your essay and not enough time actually writing it up. Well, maybe you break that history essay two-hour task down even further in your plan. So at the moment, we've got it in history essay 4pm to 6pm. Well, How about you break that down a stage further? So maybe four o'clock to 4.30, that first half hour, you're researching and marshalling your notes. Maybe you allow yourself 15 minutes for a plan, 4.30 to 4.45. Maybe take a short break at that point, 5, 10 minutes. Come back around 5 o'clock and then you've got a final hour to write it all up, maybe leaving yourself 5, 10 minutes to, to check it for accuracy at the end. By doing that, it makes sure that you spend enough time, you allocate enough time and not too much time to each element of the task. If you want to take this a stage further, you could even start time boxing your whole calendar looking further ahead. So rather than taking a day at a time, maybe put time in your calendar Maybe you use an online calendar, Google Calendar or something. Plan in times each week for certain tasks. Maybe you have a certain set time of day on a Thursday when you do the maths assignment you know is always going to be on a Thursday. Maybe you have a certain time set aside at the weekend to go through all your notes from the previous week. Remember the retrieval journaling uh, exercise we talked about last week on, on the podcast. Maybe you schedule some time on your calendar for that. So you can either do it on a day-to-day basis or you can look further out as well uh, and schedule in regular time boxes for regular tasks to commit to them in advance, make sure you get them done. Strategy two is all about avoiding distraction when you do get down to work. Your mind really is a temple. You can only focus fully on one thing at a time. Lots of people talk about trying to multitask. Well, multitasking is a bit of a myth. It doesn't really exist. If you're trying to give attention to two things at once, what you're really doing is switching attention back and forth between two tasks rapidly. And what happens every time you switch your attention from one task to another, maybe from writing your essay to checking WhatsApp or whatever on your phone, or maybe to watching TV, every time you switch tasks, There's a time cost as your brain takes a moment to pick up where it left off on that task previously, remember the context, and then start to work again. So every time you pick up your history essay again after taking a break to check your phone or what have you, even just for a few seconds, it's going to take you another few seconds to get back into the groove, get back into that work mode. Do this too much and you end up spending a huge portion of your working time just on that switching time switching between tasks and getting back into the groove on a task if you're trying to get through something quickly the best way really is just to focus on that task and that task alone so put away the phone <laughs> uh, there's apps you can you can uh, you can download things like forest uh, i quite like which which um, you commit to doing a block of work i uh, set the timer for 40 45 minutes and then during that time it uh, doesn't let you Check anything else on your, on your phone. Find a quiet, distraction free place to work. Don't have the TV on in the background. Music's fine, I think, um, provided it's not something that you'll find distracting and pulls your attention away from your, from the task at hand. And then perhaps the most tricky distraction of all to overcome is is people around you. Um I think the best way to handle that's probably just to make a bit of a bit of a joke out of it, you know, t- a light-hearted sort of uh, you know, do do do, do, do you mind if we uh, chat in a few minutes? I'm just in the middle of uh, just in the middle of doing some work here. The more you can reduce the distraction, the more you can reduce uh, the time you spend switching between different tasks while you're working. The more focus you'll be able to give that core task and the faster you'll be able to get through it. The final strategy combines the first two strategies and builds on it. So we talked about time boxing, we talked about avoiding distraction. Strategy number three is the Pomodoro technique. Might be familiar to some of you already, might be brand new to others. There's quite a bit of detail to using the system in full, but taken all together, it's a pretty impressive recipe for success and high levels of productivity. So I'm going to take you through it all, starting with what Pomodoro is, what the Pomodoro technique is and why it works. Second, explaining the mechanics, the nuts and bolts of how to use it. And even if you've heard of the Pomodoro technique before, I think you'll find some uh, new detail in here, which you find really helps you take your use of the Pomodoro technique to the next level and then finally i'll explain how you can apply the pomodoro technique to running an entire day as i say some of this gets a little detailed so if you do want a reminder of the key points uh, i've written it all up on my website and included some helpful diagrams to help illustrate uh, what i've been describing so if you just tap exam study expert pomodoro uh, into google that uh, that should pop up so that's that's exam study expert Pomodoro, uh, and that word is as it sounds, Pomodoro, P O M O D O R O. And that should that should come up on the, the first page of results. So what is the Pomodoro technique? Well, simply put, you set a timer for a short, intense burst of work, say 25 minutes. That block of work is called a Pomodoro. When the timer rings, after 25 minutes is up, you stop work. And then you take a little break, say five, 10 minutes. Then you reset the timer and do it all again. The benefits of working in this way in intense timed sprints include things like better motivation. As we talked about with time boxing, when you're working to a ticking clock, it bolsters your determination to get on with the task. Something about the ticking clock also enhances your focus and concentration, helping encourage you to cut down on distractions and interruptions while you're on the task. It strengthens your conviction to keep on trying, even when you don't feel like it or the work is tough, because when you're in that timed block of work, all you have to do is work, and there's no, uh, <laughs> there's, there's no letting yourself off the hook, there's no, there's no quitting. So if you do any serious reading into the Pomodoro technique, um, as as I've done, um, you see many people reporting really quite impressive results. Uh, I came across one writer, for example, who was uh, writing articles um, and found a 60% improvement in the number of words he could write per hour when he was using Pomodoro, up from an average of 600 to an average of 900 words every hour. Uh, it's quite impressive. So that the sort of anecdotal evidence, but more scientifically, I've also seen studies where uh, researchers have tested the effect of the Pomodoro technique on software developers, and they reported that the, the, the technique dramatically increases productivity, and that largely resulted from fewer distractions. So second, how to actually use the Pomodoro study method? What are the nuts and bolts? What are the mechanics of the technique? Uh, what do you need to know in order to get started studying? I think there's about eight key questions to, to ask yourself. So the first one is how long to make your individual Pomodoros? So those are the individual blocks of work. I gave 25 minutes as an example earlier. Um, Some people go as short as 20 minutes. Maybe others go up to 40, 45 minutes. I think most people tend to find around half an hour works best for them uh, after some experimentation. However, if you have problems concentrating, maybe even something like an ADHD diagnosis, you may find that a much, much shorter version of your Pomodoro is best, maybe even just five minutes. And then by using the Pomodoro technique, you may find that gradually over time you can build up your focus and concentration, almost like training a muscle at the gym until you're able to concentrate and do Pomodoro blocks of 15, 20, 25 minutes. So after your Pomodoro block, the timer rings how long to make the break before getting on with uh, a new Pomodoro. Maybe five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, maybe a little longer if you're tired. And then you rinse and repeat, go back, do another block. Francesco Cirillo thought that three or four cycles of Doing a block of work followed by a break represented a full set of Pomodoros. So after you've done a set of maybe three or four of these cycles, you want to take a bit of a longer break. So maybe 15 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, particularly if you've been working with high intensity. If you're a little bit tired already to start with, you want to aim for the longer end of this. So maybe take a full half hour out uh, between sets of, of three or four Pomodoro blocks. So what about the timer itself? I mentioned using a timer. Well, again, Francesco Cirillo, who came up with the the technique, recommends a mechanical timer that you physically have to wind up, thereby acting as a signal of your determination to focus. He also quite liked the audible ticking as it's counting down, which he found acted as a useful cue to help keep his brain on the task. Personally, I prefer to go electronic. Um, I mentioned an app called Forest when we were talking about avoiding distractions. Really what the Forest app is doing is implementing the Pomodoro technique because you set a timer for a fixed length of work, so maybe... Twenty minutes, 20, thirty minutes, forty minutes, um, and then you see the app. Uh, you see the app counting down until it reaches zero. And when it reaches zero, you get a nice little tree that grows in your garden to reward you for your hard hard work. Effectively, the Pomodoro technique. Another question which often comes up is: Is what happens when the timer rings? If I've nearly finished the bit of work I'm on, or if I'm in a flow state and the work is flowing really well, should I keep working past the timer? Well, Francesco Cirillo was was pretty strict on this. He'd say no. He'd say when the timer rings, that's it. Stop work. Even if you're convinced that in those few minutes uh, you could complete the task at hand. And part of his rationale for this is that you need to have total respect for the timer. If you don't respect it and stop when it says time to stop, you're less likely to respect it when it's still counting down and saying still time to focus. Personally, again, I'm a little bit more relaxed about this. If I'm in the zone, if I'm working really, really well, I might just overlook the break that the, the timer's telling me to take, maybe set a new Pomodoro and go again, for as long as that spurt of focus lasts, maybe another 20 minutes. question in the opposite direction is what happens if you finish your task before the timer rings? Well, Francesco is pretty strict on this point too. He says no such thing as a part Pomodoro, no such thing as moving on to a different task in the same Pomodoro. If you finish your task with time still on the clock, he'd say do more on it. So if you're writing an essay, maybe go back over your work, spend more time checking it. Is there anything you can add, build on? If you're trying to learn for a test, maybe go back over and overlearn it. Go through it again and make sure you're doubly solid on it. However, again, I'd say apply a bit of judgment to this rule. You know, if you've got a load of work to get through that day and you've just got five, ten minutes into a new Pomodoro block and you've finished uh, the piece of work you were on before, I'd say just get on with it. Get on to the new task uh, and and move on. Get through things, get through things faster. So a, a little bit of judgment on that one again. Finally, when you finish each Pomodoro block, keep a little tally of successful blocks you've completed for the day. If you're using the forest app, that's done for you as each successful block results in a tree growing in your garden and you you grow a little garden of trees by the end of the day or a little forest. Seeing that little tally of blocks of successful Pomodoro blocks building up uh, gives you a really nice sense of satisfaction and helps act as a motivator to keep you working through the day. So to finish with, I said I'd also talk about how to run the ideal Pomodoro day. Uh, because again there's a bit of a system for this, and it takes some of the ideas we were talking about with time boxing earlier here's here's how the system goes. You start the day with a to-do sheet, so as we did with time boxing, start your day by taking a few minutes to write up what you want to accomplish that day. List out the specific tasks the specific activities you want to complete, and then put check boxes next to each activity based on the number of Pomodoro blocks you expect the activity to take. For example, if you're doing a chemistry problem sheet that you think is 45 minutes of work, that task, maybe that's two 20-25 minute Pomodoro blocks. So you'd put two check boxes next to chemistry problem sheet on your activity list. Then as you complete those Pomodoro blocks, check off the boxes next to the relevant task. So when you complete the first of your two pomodoros on your chemistry problem sheet, tick off the first of those two boxes next to chemistry problem sheet on your task list. When you complete the second pomodoro, tick off the second box. You may find you need more pomodoro blocks or fewer pomodoro blocks than you'd guessed for a specific task. If you get through the task faster than expected, you'll have unused check boxes next to the task. That's fine move straight on to the next task. We'll come back to use those unused checkboxes later. If, on the other hand, you need more time and you find you need more Pomodoro blocks on a specific task, add extra checkboxes with a different box shape. So maybe use round checkboxes rather than square checkboxes. And again, we'll come back and look at those at the end of the day. So when the end of the day comes, spend a moment just going back over your task lists for the day and figuring out where you underestimated and where you overestimated how long each task would take. And that's where those blank checkboxes or those circle checkboxes that you added uh, come in useful. You can easily see at a glance which tasks you'd underestimated and which you overestimated. There's no real problem with having underestimated or overestimated, But by making a note of which tasks you'd under or overestimated and by how much, gradually you can build up a little bit of a record of what you tend to overestimate or underestimate. And that just increases your skill at the start of the day when you're setting your task list. It makes you more accurate in future and helps you run a really efficient Pomodoro schedule day. Now, again, I'm aware there's uh, quite a bit of detail in this, quite a bit of uh, nuts and bolts and mechanics. So I, I think I guess two, two sort of final comments. One is you don't necessarily need to implement every single detail of the entire Pomodoro system to get benefit out of it. Even just by using an app like Forest, uh, which is totally free, by the way, you'll get the benefits of the increased focus and motivation when you're working in each Pomodoro block. But if you do want a reminder of the full system and the details I've just been describing. Again, if you just search exam study expert Pomodoro in Google, uh, that should should pop up. And I've written up all the details I was uh, discussing just now on that page and also included some diagrams to help explain the Pomodoro blocks and the breaks and, and what your task lists might look like. Well, I hope you found that useful. I think three very powerful strategies there. So time boxing, avoiding distractions, and the Pomodoro technique, which combines elements from both time boxing and avoiding distractions, um, produces a really complete and potentially quite powerful study productivity system. Well, that concludes this episode of the Exam Study Expert podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you found it useful and wishing you every success in your studies this week. Thanks for listening to the Exam Study Expert podcast. Remember to hit subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review for our show in your podcast player.